Hello, my name is Tia, and this is my journey on how I learned to bloom. Thanks for joining me. Hello, everybody. I went to go say good evening, and then I realized that by the time this gets uploaded and it actually posts to the platforms, it'll probably more be more like morning by the time people listen. So, good morning. <laughs> it's a Wednesday evening for me right now. It's about 10.15, and... I, <laughs> I, okay, so the last time I recorded, it was a Wednesday evening. That was my last episode. And I actually said to myself, I was like, you know what? Wednesday evenings are a good time for me to record because my husband does his own thing uh, Wednesday evenings. And it's like a good opportunity where I don't feel like, oh, I should be spending quality time with my husband or feeling guilty about you know, doing housework because, you know, he's doing his own thing too. So yeah, it seems to just make sense. Um, but the Wednesday that I went to go try and record after my last episode, I got like stuck. It was almost like, I don't know, I got this like paralysis where like I just couldn't get to the task. And then it ended up being midnight and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not recording. Um, and then last Wednesday I was too busy um, preparing for our trip. So that didn't happen. But I like the idea of telling myself it's going to be a certain day every week because I just feel like that's easier to follow. So please keep me in your prayers and thoughts that this following Wednesday <laughs> will uh, work for me, but we shall see. Um, okay, so I actually have a specific talk topic that I'm going to talk about tonight, and I'm really excited about it. So I have been wanting to record a podcast about this episode, or sorry, about this topic for a while, but it's kind of been one of those ones where like, it's always an ongoing thing. And so I have never really been fully sure on whether or not... I should do it sooner or later. Um, but what I'd like to talk about is actually my oldest child and her beautiful brain. And yeah, just the fact that um, she is neurodivergent. Now, I struggle with sharing too many details, especially because this is about their life and... Yes, in this moment, it's obviously about my life, but it's about something specific about them. And I just feel like maybe it's not quite right to share this sort of detail so publicly. Um, and I don't even know if I have fully decided on exactly how I feel on that. But what I have decided is that because I have like an element of privacy where I never actually say exactly who I am and I don't ever use my children's names that you know what I'm going to share my experience because that is exactly the whole point of this podcast. So my oldest child uh, got diagnosed with well it's ADHD so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder I believe that's what it stands for. I remember back when I was a kid it was like oh is it ADD or ADHD like it was kind of yeah, it could be one or the two things, but I guess these days, that's not the same. Um, it's all under the same 
category of ADHD. It just depends if it is a inattentive type or, or a hyperactive type or a combined type. So um, yeah, my child, they actually, you know what, I don't know if they even told me the specific type that my child has, but um, based off of the questionnaire that we had to fill out, which we filled out and then um, their child, uh, their child, <laughs> their teacher filled out as well. So based off of that, um, it was evident to me that the inattentive category was, yeah, it's, it's obviously, that's way more of an issue than the hyperactivity issue. So I can only assume that it is the inattentive type, but I guess I don't know for sure, for sure. So, um, I would assume that's how they figure it out, right? So this is something that has been sort of an ongoing process for like, oh gosh, I don't know, five years, almost five years. Um, so my child has been through, I'll kind of start at the beginning. My child has been through um, more adverse <laughs> Uh, child experiences than the average child their age I would say Um, yeah my child witnessed domestic violence from their biological I can't even say the word father it never feels right Um, their sperm donor yeah they they witnessed domestic violence so that immediately does something to your neurological pathways and you know, some say that that could be, I don't know if cause is the right word, but like a trigger for ADHD. Um, some people just straight up believe that ADHD isn't even real. It's just a result of like stress and trauma. Um, some people believe that it's like, I read this one book where they were like, oh, this is not even a real thing. Um, it's just a blanket statement that they throw on to these other issues. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know anything other than what I can read or what I can be told and, you know, kind of take it through the lens of my own experience and just go with what feels right to me. So I think it's possible that this has been triggered as a result of trauma. I don't know if I feel like it's possible that it's a inaccurate blanket term that's actually just something else going on because... I, and I don't know, maybe partly because I don't know what that other thing would be. Like, I, I don't know. I, that feels scary to me. Like, well, if it's not that and that's not even a real thing, then what is it? So, yeah, I don't, that doesn't feel right to me, but it definitely feels right to say that maybe this wouldn't have been triggered in my child's brain had it not been for the trauma they experienced. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, that obviously sucks as a parent, um, especially because when it's a situation like domestic violence, I can't help but feel like, why didn't I protect my child from that? Where, you know, how come I didn't do more to prevent those situations? And like, yeah, you just can't help but feel this this pretty deep level of shame, I guess, like your inner critic telling you that it's your fault. So Yeah, um, but yeah, it was something that we started to notice. And I say we as in me and um, my parents, actually. And then, yeah, maybe maybe a couple of friends. I can't quite remember. Um, This was never something that the sperm donor who was actually involved 
early, early on, very seldom, but they were involved technically. Um, this was never something that they felt like was legitimate or a concern. And in fact, when I brought it up, um, yeah, they told me I was fucking crazy. So, um, yeah, so that was sort of another hard part of it was that I was having these concerns and going through that totally alone because, you know, in a traditional partnership where you have a child, you have a partner who you would assume one can hope would be on your side and be your teammate and go through these things with you. But I did not have that. So I feel like that kind of prolonged the the whole path also because there were times where I doubted even, right? So, um, but yeah, I had, you know, a couple people maybe ask me about some neurodivergent type things and, you know, me feeling like, yeah, my child is um, acting in a way that I, I don't see most other children act, but also not knowing how much trauma impacts things, not knowing truly how other children act because it was my first and my only. Um, and yeah, it was really tricky. And then I started to experience some uh, really challenging behavioral issues with my child when they were maybe, yeah, closer to four, I want to say, somewhere between four and five. Um, and I self-referred to, oh, what was it called? Youth and child mental health or youth and child development or something like that. And yeah, they are super dismissive. And at the time I remember thinking like, how can a program that's set up to help parents and children be so dismissive and unhelpful? Um, yeah, I got like two one-on-one appointments with a, like a youth mental health clinician um, and then I was basically just told to be a part of their generic parenting course and if I felt like it wasn't enough that I could then be referred to other parenting courses that they offered that were more specific so yeah it was like the first one that they make you do no matter what is just generally about how to parent and how validation is key and then once you complete that one you can go on to like if you have a child with separation anxiety or just like general anxiety or emotional outbursts etc etc so um yeah I did the obviously the general one the anxiety one and then I think emotional well-being like the outburst one so um yeah and you know what (laughs) I learned things, absolutely, obviously, and yeah, there were some, like, a couple of tools that I felt like were handy. Um, I think learning about validation was probably the biggest thing for us, because regardless of if you have a neurodivergent or typical child, you need, that child needs to be validated. Us as adults need to be validated. Lack of validation in my generation is the number one cause of mental illness, that's a fact that's what they've come back with with whatever research they've done and so yeah that's super important um however I didn't feel like I learned anything specific to my child's neurodivergent brain so yeah so I tried to get help from them and I I did not get help and you know looking back I wonder if it was because I was a young single mom um you know I would have only been in my early 20s at that point and I was alone and yeah, there was probably some discrimination happening. So that's super unfortunate. Um, But I never gave up. And yeah, I'm proud of myself for that. So um, yeah, and then I also, you know, I I did some therapy for my child. It was, I was uh, low income at the time. And so it was low income therapy, which 
I will say was amazing. The only issue with it was that it wasn't a forever thing. It was only for like, you could only go four to six months or something like that. So, um, you know, that was kind of the issue is that it wasn't consistent enough. Um, and then, yeah. And then I, you know, talked to the pediatrician and, oh, I just, (laughs) makes me feel angry to think back on. I, I wish I could go see her and say like, Hey, you were wrong. And I was right because I remember saying, this is my concern. You know, I think it might be an attention deficit issue because of A, B, and C. And that doctor, oh, I'll never forget this one specific instance where I had my child with me and I gave uh, them my phone so that they were, you know, distracted because if I didn't give them my phone, they're bouncing off the walls. And yeah, they weren't the kind of kid that could just like sit and kind of wait during an appointment. Um, They needed something to like really give, like take all of their attention. There couldn't be like a half-ass thing. It couldn't be like, here's a bucket of toys, figure it out. You know, my second child, sure, absolutely. They could have done that. My first child, no. It it needed to be, here's a screen in your face because I need you to just sit down and hang on, right? So, I mean, that's an obvious sign. However, I remember the pediatrician saying to me, oh, they wouldn't be able to sit and focus on watching a TV show on your phone if they had an attention um, deficit disorder. And me thinking at the time, like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I mean, what do I know? Um, And now knowing what I know, I think, what a fucking idiot. Um, Because I couldn't be further from the truth. Um, And actually, the therapist that I see currently made a good point to me about the term attention deficit. It's not a deficit. It's like um, like a regulation issue. It's not that you don't have an attention span. It's that you can't regulate your attention span. So there are times where, yeah, you can't focus on anything. And then you, and then there are times where you hyper-focus. And typically, ah, maybe I shouldn't say typically, but for sure with my child, I have noticed that if I give something to them where it requires all of their attention, as long as they're actually interested, yeah, the hyper-focus that happens is unbelievable. So uh, yeah, that pediatrician, it's funny because everyone who lived in that town said, oh, that's the best pediatrician, that's the best pediatrician. And like, yeah, you know what, she was nice and there were other things she did to help me. But um, yeah, that was the biggest mistake she made with us was dismissing that off of one small thing. Um, not to mention the signs in girls are different than they are in boys and she didn't take that into consideration. Um, so yeah, so that was really unfortunate. And then we kind of spent the next couple of years like really struggling because we didn't have the proper resources. And if you know anything about ADHD, they have a really hard time with mental health, but then also like self-esteem because typically like a common trait is like, um, like a uh, perfectionism and, yeah, they're, they're very hard on themselves. And so when they're not able to do something correctly or at all, it ends up into this big meltdown, like really affects them, really affects their heart and really affects their self-esteem, which then turns into depression and anxiety and it impacts them every single day. And if every single day you feel like you're not good enough and you don't know what's going on in your brain, I had my child say to me multiple times, I don't know what's wrong with my brain. I wish my brain was different. And me not having an answer and me not being able to help them 
and they're just a young kid, right? Like they needed guidance. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really unfortunate. Um, in retrospect, I know that there's a lot of people who go years and years and years without a diagnosis and then they get into adulthood and some of those things are irreversible, like the self-esteem or, or just extra challenging to rectify. So the fact that my child is at least still young is awesome. And I am super grateful that I never gave up. And yeah, I just, I'm really glad that we are where we are now. I just wish that it wasn't a fight at all. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a fight. The doctor we have now was not dismissive at all. You know, even if the doctor thought that maybe I was wrong, I wouldn't have known because they didn't say anything. They said, okay, you know, if you feel this way and the things that you're telling me do match up with possible symptoms, let's go ahead and do the assessment. And I just can't wrap my head around why other doctors don't have that same approach. You know, if you're if you're hearing your patients say, I'm concerned about A, B, and C, and these are my reasons why, why not look into it? Like, what does it hurt? Worst case, that's incorrect, and then you move on. So I'll never understand that. Um, so yeah, now things are good. Um, after we got the diagnosis, we actually tried some medication, and that was a thing that I really struggled with. Um, and there's a couple different things like... <laughs> So first of all, the judgment and the stereotype. Um, and it's interesting because I'm a part of a uh, parent support group. It's on Facebook. It's not like a real, well, okay, it's real, but it's not like an in-person, actual, legitimate, you know, whatever, support group. It's like an online forum that you can ask questions on. And I saw a lot of people in there sort of judge you for not trying medication, but Prior to that, I felt like in my own personal life with the people in my life, I felt like I would get judgment for trying medication. So it's really interesting. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to try it because my biggest concern was the self-confidence and the mental health. I I spent a good amount of my youth not feeling good enough and I now have like a fairly chronic depression disorder and um, if I ever get off of antidepressants I, I don't know it'll be a while for sure so that's just the thing and and you know what <laughs> maybe I was projecting my own fear that's totally possible I think Every parent does that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to save her any sort of heartache. So I thought, you know what? If this medication will help, why wouldn't I try it? And I had already been trying so many other different natural remedies because it, it hit a certain point where I don't know how long ago. So yeah, we got the diagnosis this last fall. So that would have been 2022. I'm trying to think about when I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely it. Um, sometime in 2021, cause def in 2020, I still wasn't certain what it was. There was a couple of different things that I was going back and forth on and I had been going back and forth on for years. Um, I think in 2021, I was pretty confident that it was ADHD and I, yeah, whatever, did my own 
research as a person with access to internet can do. <laughs> um, and I found that magnesium and omegas is like a pretty common natural remedy that people recommend. So that was something that I had already been trying for months and months. And yeah, I noticed a difference for sure. Um, but I did not, though that made a difference in terms like a like a minor difference for our regular day-to-day it didn't make any impact on when something wouldn't go right or there was overstimulation or yeah being overexhausted or you know like it didn't it didn't make enough of an impact on the big things which were every day so that was my concern there were still comments of why is my brain this way you know why was I born like this um so we tried the medication and didn't know this at the time and I wish the doctor at the time explained it to me but we're now seeing like an official pediatrician um it took a while to get in and it wasn't a pediatrician who gave us a diagnosis it was just our family doctor who was able to do the assessment um which oh, so different where we used to live so so different but anyways whatever yeah when I when I saw the pediatrician they explained to me that there's basically so it's a stimulant that's the medication there are non-stimulant options I don't know anything about them and the pediatrician said that they're very ineffective and that he doesn't recommend them you know whatever that's his opinion I have no idea if that's the truth I haven't looked into them but basically the two families of stimulants are Ritalin and Adderall and you know those are both names I had heard of I didn't know anything about them really but the first one we tried was like a very common one that kids start on um, and it was in the Adderall family so okay you know sounds good well it was a very very not good reaction I hadn't really thought about if I was gonna share those details I think I'm gonna I think I'm not gonna share those details but it was not a good reaction so yeah we immediately went off and then I was scared I thought, well, and you know what? It's so funny because I actually was like, well, maybe it's not ADHD if there's this much of a reaction. Like maybe that's not the case then. Maybe this is, yeah, maybe this reaction happened because it's not the right diagnosis. And so, yeah, we're giving our child this medication that they don't even need. So I went down a totally spiraling rabbit hole, but... Yeah, it took some time off and once we finally got into the pediatrician, I explained what had happened and yeah, he said, oh no, no, that's not, like that's not what it is. Because I said, is it possible that meant that, you know, my child doesn't have this? And he said, uh, no, it's super common to have a reaction to one type of stimulant and then be okay on another. So yeah, it was only a few, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, two weeks ago maybe, that we decided to try the other family. So now we were trying one in the Ritalin family. And yeah, I'm super happy to say that it's been amazing. You know, when I when I don't pre-plan in my like when I first started this podcast, I was gonna say in my early days, but that's like hilarious because what it hasn't even been a year or has it been a year? I don't even know. When I first started this podcast, I used to write out what I was gonna say. Like I think maybe the first episode I did word for word. Um, our first few I did word for word and then it turned to just like a skeleton because I found that I was like going off script all the time and and now oh gosh I don't know the last majority of the episodes I've just been like you know what fuck it 
I'll just YOLO this. But um, sometimes I wish that I wrote out at least a skeleton because when I get to the point of, okay, I've kind of gone in chronological order and now I need to sort of fill in gaps, that's where I get a bit stuck. So yeah, where I was going to take this was kind of backtracking. So at home, uh, it was obviously evident that our child, our child, mine and my husband's, <laughs> if you, if, if that as uh, distinction, well, yeah, my husband is not uh, the sperm donor, just in case that, that wasn't obvious. Our child, we, we see every day inattentive stuff and like kind of hyperactivity, but, but not hyper, just an inability to sit down. <laughs> I think it frustrates my husband more than it frustrates me, but yeah, like sitting at the dinner table trying to eat dinner and like literally cannot sit down. Kneeling with one knee on the chair. So they're like kind of thinking they're sitting down because their knee is making contact with the seat of the chair, but their other leg is standing completely up and like, yeah, just cannot sit down. In fact, just the other day, I was like, sit down, like just sit down, sit forward. And they were like, this is so uncomfortable for me. And you know, I hate that. I obviously don't want my child to feel that way, but it's just like, and it's not funny. It's not, it's, you know, it's, I know that it's a challenge and, um, but <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta giggle at those small things. I got to, I have to, I just have to. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I cannot sit down. Um, so yeah, these were obviously things that we had always seen. And and yeah, like trying chore charts and morning charts and bathroom charts and getting dressed and trying the magnet one and trying the check mark and the dry erase and oh man, tried all sorts of things. And you know, it just, yeah, never, never actually worked. What, what thing are you on? Are you brushing your teeth or brushing your hair? Ah, I don't remember. Okay, well, you know, did you check off the last thing? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. And and like morning, don't even ask me about the morning, okay? My child's school starts at 8 a.m. What child's school starts at 8 a.m.? That's, that's a cruel fucking joke in my opinion. Uh, and then you add a neurodivergent child on top of that, like, fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, we don't make it to school on time very often. And you know what, even since being on the new medication, it, it hasn't really made that much of a difference. Although I shouldn't say that because, yeah, it was like a spring break and an Easter break and then we just went on a little trip. So actually there hasn't been that many days where I've had to get them ready for school since the new medication. But what I will say is that the couple of days I am thinking about, you know, it takes a little bit to kick in obviously, right? So it doesn't change our mornings. I would say, yeah, you know what, actually the last maybe half an hour of the morning is easier. So, um, but yeah, and then, sorry, I'm, again, just totally off script here. No, no pre-thought to this. But yeah, where I was headed with this was we saw these things at home and it actually wasn't until we had parent-teacher conferences that all of the children had their books out. And that was like a thing that, yeah, okay, come show your parents this these books that you wrote. Well, my child didn't have theirs out. And the teacher had said, oh, you know, they didn't finish it. Um, and so then when we talked privately, they used that as like, a, like the teacher had said, oh, that's just an example. Like your child has a really hard time completing work and 
staying on task and you know it's a lot of like reminders and holding their hand through things and yeah really hard time sitting in their chair and yeah I definitely notice something and I'm not gonna lie I was a bit annoyed that I hadn't heard this previously but then as we got talking more and more the teacher said like it's not a thing that we're allowed to say to parents anymore because we could get in trouble if we say hey by the way I think your child's got ADHD so you know okay fair enough um But I said to her, like, hey, tell me anything, anytime. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is my first kid. Like, you've been a teacher for, what, 25 years? Tell me everything. So, yeah, we had a good chat. Um, And then I had said, like, actually, this is day three of the new medication. Have you noticed anything? And then she had said, yeah, actually, just the last couple days, they are sitting down in their chair, come to think of it. And, yeah, they noticed that it was a bit of a change so that was good and then yeah I've stayed in communication and things have been going well so (sighs) yeah it's just a huge relief this isn't the end-all be-all I was told that obviously as time goes on uh, their tolerance to the medication increases and so there will need to be adjustments regardless Um, there will also be probably a shift needed once they go through like puberty let's say because there's a huge hormonal rush and that obviously changes your body so yeah this isn't this isn't it but it is the solution for now and so I can take relief in knowing that and it's actually pretty awesome because my child uh, has a lot of anger outbursts that is a big part of it and they actually said to me mom I haven't been as angry since I started that new pill and so yeah I just think that that's like I can't tell you how relieving it is to hear that as a parent because even if you can logically tell yourself that you're making the right decision and you're on the right path and you're choosing the right things for your children you always second guess it you never know for sure is this the right thing and so to be validated from my child that they are noticing the positive impacts of this thing that I've chosen like holy fuck yes thank you thank you thank you thank you so yeah so and and yeah I've been able to like I feel like I've been able to bond with them even more lately like I'm able to just like sit and talk to them more than I ever have I feel like maybe not more than I ever have but like yeah in this phase of life I would say sometimes it's been hard to connect because I struggle with feeling like they should be more capable than they are. And that's really hard to say, but it's true. Um, You know, I think about when I was this age and all the things that I did and how that just wasn't possible for my child. And to see that this medication is making that possible it's yeah it's emotional it's it it feels like a weight that's lifted off so yeah I just I don't know and I've you know I have had people in our family say like oh medication you know and I I'm just very forthcoming and say like you know what I'm on antidepressants and without these like I would be suicidal and you know why do I need to feel shame in that and why should my child need to feel shame in needing something that makes them feel regular and regulated and safe and secure and 
I hate the word normal, but normal. Like, why do they need to feel ashamed of that? They don't. So I will always go to bat for my kid. And <laughs> yeah, we, um, even, even my husband and I, we have different parenting strategies and approaches and, oh man, I, I like, yeah, I go to bat against him too. I'm like, remember our child needs this, this, and this. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for everything I've learned so that I know what our child needs. There's, uh, I'm just, as I'm recording this, I'm just thinking back to all the instances before we knew what it was. Like, I'll, I'll never forget, I had a friend. <laughs> this is like pre-COVID, right? So this is kind of around the time where we started to wonder if something was going on. I had a friend take my child to a market or something. I don't even remember. And this is when I was single. And... <laughs> uh she brought my my child back and she you know said like okay yeah you know so and so was like a bit rambunctious or whatever and that was a thing that we always knew and um stubborn really stubborn really stubborn child and yeah my friend made a comment like oh yeah I ran into somebody and oh, it's been so many okay now I can't remember the exact wording but like basically someone had said to my friend oh is that child even parented and I'll never forget it I'll never forget it and I think my friend you know she didn't mean to upset me when she told me that someone had said that and if you're listening to this (laughs) uh, it's okay I just yeah I'll never forget it it was significant for me I think If you're listening to this, it's a good reminder that you don't really ever know what's going on in someone's life, right? So little comments like that can be really hurtful. And I mean, it was hurtful for sure, but also maybe there was a part of it that was validating because I wasn't sure, am I overreacting or is there something else going on? And so maybe there was a part of me that felt like, okay, this is a sign that something else is going on, even though it hurts. Yeah, there's so many instances like that where I had people make comments, little comments like that, you know, like that one probably was the most impactful for me, like hurt my feelings in this and then at the same time was like, okay, there's something Um, that, yeah, that was like the most in that category for me. There are other things were like, you know, pretty harmless or stupid or like whatever. But yeah, I, I would get comments all the time, so you know, if you're getting comments all the time, that's probably for a reason. <laughs> if, if you're like, oh, I don't know. You know what? Just fucking get it checked out because whatever. If you're wrong, I mean, then whatever. It doesn't matter. It's better to know. It's better to know early so that you can get the resources. I mean, we don't have anything set in place really at the moment, I would say. Like, um, well, okay, that's not entirely true. Like, we don't have any specific funding for this diagnosis or, like, anybody at the school who's like, oh, because you have this diagnosis, we'll do A, B, and C. Like, that's not, that hasn't been a thing for us yet. And I don't know if it's going to be. I actually sent an email to the school saying, like, laying out everything and I didn't even hear back. So, fuck them. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, because I had already talked to the school about certain things and anxiety there are I don't even I want to, it's called a CDA worker I don't even know what that stands for child development something I don't know 
um, there's certain workers at the school and my child is able to check in with them and you know, my child still goes to regular therapy. And so, you know, we have systems set in place, obviously, to help our child, but there aren't specific resources as a result of the diagnosis. However, when I say get the diagnosis so that you have resources, I just mean so that you know what you're looking for, right? If you're like, I don't know what it is, well, then how are you to know what books to read or who to talk to or what to talk, like what to name it to people? in order to get input or advice or whatever, or even know to know what freaking Facebook groups to join, right? Like I'm a part of that uh, ADHD parent support group. Like, oh man, there's things I've read on there that have been so helpful. So yeah, little things like that. And yeah, I do think that there are some actual resources provided after a diagnosis, especially if your child's like really struggling with something specific. I think that the medication has made enough of an impact positive impact for my child that I don't really feel like anything else is necessary but that could change so at least we have the diagnosis and we can you know be fully prepared um but yeah and then also the other thing that I think is important to mention is that back when I wasn't 100% sure but I knew something was going on there was a lot of overlapping symptoms of things I don't know if that made any sense, but like there were so many symptoms from different disorders or mental health conditions that I could have said, oh, that's what that is. Like, for example, when my child was, I don't know, four for sure, maybe not quite five yet. There was a brief period where I was like, okay, my child obviously has OCD. There was a lot of obsessive behaviors and yeah, they were like severely impacting our day-to-day I never did get a straight answer from anybody about you know if that could be ADHD also or what exactly that was I actually think for my child specifically that was a result of the trauma that they experienced because just the timing what was going on in our life at the time it makes sense Um, but I had also read that it is not uncommon for children with ADHD to present symptoms like that of of different types of disorders where you think like oh well maybe it's this no it's probably still just ADHD it's just that it's it's a it's a wide spectrum right like you know same with the autism spectrum it's such a wide spectrum and not everybody is going to experience the same things even if a lot of them are overlapping so yeah so that was something that you know I I wish I knew back then of like it's not so black and white it is super gray and one symptom is not like, oh, that's what it is. It It's all over the place. Right now, my child is uh, ha- ha- experiences a lot of anxiety around like death and injury. And so some of those things are a result of just like, yeah, things they've experienced, but it's extra heightened because of the ADHD. So yeah, anxiety way more common to be heightened because of ADHD. So that's the thing is like, there's all these things going on at the same time that are not like necessarily because of one another, but they are extra emphasized because of the ADHD. So yeah, just another thing that I've learned. I I feel like I have so much to learn still, but I'm also like, yeah, pretty proud of myself for what I have been able to pick up. Um, and it'll change as my child changes. I do know that. But 
yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. Okay, I'm currently editing and I keep hearing myself sounding like I'm saying A-D-H-G. And I just want to clarify that I am saying A-D-H-D. It's just that because I talk so much, it's like getting a little bit slurpy slurpy. So yeah, if you're hearing that and you're like, what the fuck, bitch? You should know what your child has. I do. I promise. Okay. It's just the way that I said it. So thank you so much. I I feel like the timing of recording this episode is pretty good because at least I feel like we're at a place of, I have an answer and maybe not like a long, long-term solution, but a long enough-term solution that we can just sort of be at peace with it. So I'm sure there's like little tidbits I'm missing because like I said, I didn't pre-plan this and I can always, you know, do another episode on it or mention it when I'm having a discussion about something else. If it's, you know, related, I'll, I'll mention it. But yeah, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. I, yeah, I guess the thing that I, I hope you take away from this is that Please never judge a parent for the way that they parent their children. I have had multiple conversations with multiple different people, including people in my family who I felt like shouldn't judge me, but have anyway, uh, that I'm doing it wrong. And I know that it's not malicious intent. It's not coming from malicious intent. I know they think they're trying to help. But let me just tell you right now, it's actually not fucking helpful. You know, it's different if a person asks for advice. However, even if a person asks for advice, it doesn't mean they have to take it. They're actually not obligated to follow your advice. You know, sometimes as humans, we just need to talk things out. So, or maybe we need to hear an opinion that we think is wrong to solidify the opinion that we already had. Humans do that all the time. But yeah, it's it's actually not helpful. And parents of children with extra special needs just have to parent differently and that's okay. It doesn't take away from your experience of parenting differently. And yeah, it just doesn't affect you at all. So just be kind. (laughs) If you don't understand, you can ask. I actually, my cousin actually, I think there was a, a point in time where she felt like maybe I wasn't doing something right. I actually, I shouldn't say that for sure because I don't know, but that's my assumption. But then she asked me. She's like, you know, why do you do it this way? And when I, like, I loved that. I had no problem with her asking me that. I just explained it and it didn't matter, you know, she didn't agree, but the fact that she had enough respect for me to not tell me what to do, but actually try to understand that meant a lot to me. So yeah, be kind. Also just like be kind to parents in general, like regardless, because we're all just trying to do our fucking best and it's hard. Um, And then the other thing is ADHD presents differently in a lot of different kids and people. Depending on the type that you have, whether it's the inattentive type, the hyperactive type, or the combined type, but also it is vastly different in girls versus boys. And actually the therapist that my entire family sees really advocates for early diagnosis in girls. It presents so, so different. And so I think, you know, if you look at the statistics, it'll say that boys have it more, but like, we don't actually know that. I think what has happened is that... Um, it's just that it's more obvious in boys, like for, I don't know, maybe that's not the right way to explain that, but yeah, it's often missed in girls. So just FYI. Okay. That's something that I think is super important. Yeah. 
and always, always, always advocate for yourself because man, if I would have just given up, I probably wouldn't have gotten this diagnosis. Like if I had just listened to that first initial pediatrician, I would have just moved on and probably been really frustrated and really disconnected from my child because I would have just felt like, well, what is it? You know, and not to say like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, it, it, you know, it's not that per se, but like just not understanding. And even, you know, we love our children more than anything, but there is something that happens or can happen subconsciously if you're not feeling connected. So yeah, fucking advocate for yourself. And that goes with anything, whether you're just like, you know, a person who's going through a health thing right now and needs to know that and it has nothing to do with being a parent. Sickening the amount of shit doctors dismiss. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it for now. It's it's hard. It's a it's a hard experience. So if if you know you can relate to this, I fucking feel you. I really, really fucking feel you. It's yeah, being a parent's hard. Having a child with any extra special need is just a whole nother level of hard. And I see you. Thank you so much for listening and I hope that you keep continuing with me while I learn to bloom. Chat soon.